You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. Understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of FoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hi, Savannah. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm good. You... Well, I'm like extra good. Extra good? Why are you extra good? Well, Scott got these weird, like, they're from Costco. They're these sorbets from Costco. And the brand is, I'm reading it. I'm reading it, people. You hear it? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Island, Island Way. I've already, <laughs> don't make fun of me, but I've already had two, okay? <laughs> so this, the wrapper, <laughs> the wrapper was pomegranate lemon sorbet. So I open it out of the thing. And I'm holding this like cup thing and I'm oh. eating the sorbet, okay. this, you know, lemon pomegranate. And I look down at the quote cup and it's like an actual lemon. Oh, it's like a, the cup is a lemon. So then I like ask Scott about it and he's like, you should try the coconut. So I had the coconut. Do you see this? Oh, sh- it's people. It's, it's an, an actual coconut half that she's looking like at. A, I should say. If I could, like, if there's another one that I could make a... I'll make a clopping sound? <laughs> well, I was going to say a coconut bra. Oh, that there you go. Well, do me a favor. Hit, hit it, get it next to your mic and, and uh, tap on it again. That Wow. that's That seems like a lot of money uh, spent on materials for a sorbet. I mean, these are real fruit people. These are like real... <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? That is crazy. And I got two words for you. Bougie. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I thought you were going to say boozy. I'm like, I know, right? I could poke a hole in, slip some Malibu in there. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's, got to know. Nobody's got to (laughs) know. Isn't that weird? So I just ate the whole thing. Like Like I'm Castaway. Like I'm Tom Hanks on the island eating a coconut. But really, it's like coconut... Almost like coconut ice cream. I'm like, I wow. Love, I love. So, what, so the question is, is that did did the makers of this product know, like, hey, what are all our customers going to do with all these lemon and coconut haps when they're done? Like the rinds. Yeah. What do you do with it? Do you just say, I guess I'm going to make a coconut curtain now? And is this like <laughs> like the oranges and the lemon? So there's three flavors, and the quote cups are like an orange peel, a yeah. lemon peel. And like a coconut shell, <laughs> yeah, or a bra bra cup, and so like what I'm wondering is like, what were the rinds before? Like, what do they do with it? Is like dirty rinds that are just like empty? <laughs> you mean the ones that they say, "Hey, these are in the garbage. Let's recycle them and, <laughs> yeah. and put sorbet in them." I don't right. know. Right? Or do they just <laughs> take a fruit and then they carve out the the fruit bit and then they turn it? They help it uses the ingredients for the sorbet. I don't know. I don't it's know. my mind. <laughs> Sounds Ignorance pretty crazy. Is bless. True. Except for now that you're like, well, I guess I'm putting this coconut in my path in the backyard and we'll make cobblestones. <laughs> so how are you? I'm good. Um, today was well. We have a special surprise coming up soon for our listeners. Uh, episode 99 is coming up soon. Uh, 
And I'm, yeah, yeah. And I'm doing a special project for episode 99 that we'll do a little intro for it uh, soon. But uh, so I was working on that um, this morning and yesterday and um, also did another Facebook marketplace run to get some more Lego for Judy. Yes. And uh, of course, the Starbucks. Now, the one thing I did not do today due to chores yesterday and the way my body felt today and all the stuff I had to do. I did not get Savannah Sunday in today, unfortunately. Aww. Yeah, so it's been an odd summer, spring, summer, a lot of weekends off, either by sickness or fatigue or no energy. So, you know, as I had said in the Pride and Prejudice episode, you know, it's just a little bit of that happening. And so I just made the decision. It's like, you know what? I, I have things I need to get done. And the best way to be productive is to sacrifice her for the day. But that being said, I do have my underdressing on. I do have some nice yoga pants on that are nice and comfy. Always trying to elicit some divine femininity wherever I can. And your skin is nice and soft. That's right. That's true. Instead of not shaving like I would on other non-Savannah Sundays, I said, you know what? I want to be smooth faced for uh, myself and for Julie. So wow. yes, I did a little little cleaning. It's getting a little <laughs> spun clocky already because I didn't get deep cut into it. But uh, yeah, at least it's smooth face for a while. Yeah, you're like, wait till the end of the episode of like, why I ought to. I'll be like, like yeah. <laughs> <prickly>. yeah. <laughs> you're like, are you doing a woodworking project? No, it's just my face. <laughs> but we have a great episode today. What, what, what? This is a special listener response episode. Oh, where shoot. We are going to kind of, I know, go back to a co- through a couple of episodes and read the comments from the listeners, from all of you beautiful ladies that are listening to our podcast right now, and some of you that aren't. <laughs> but yes, we will be reading the comments and going back in time through our episodes. Do we have to do like Scooby-Doo, like, like your flashback kind of things, or or we just like just go through it? That like, was Scooby-Doo. I always thought that yeah. was Wayne's World. It was, but it was also Scooby Doo. It was kind of like a Scooby Doo like homage. It because of, right, yeah, they were doing yeah. It because of Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that was their way of doing it. Well, I, uh, yes, I also had prepared a few. Julie and I were concerned that we would look for listener responses and start overlapping our answers. Like, I got the same response. So uh, basically we made sure (laughs) that we focused on our own channels as best we could. Uh, That way, so whoever answered hopefully did not answer that other person in the exact same way. Right. So I managed the Fox and the Phoenix Facebook page and Instagram page. So I Mm -hmm. pulled from there. I don't know what you pulled from in terms of episodes or listener response based on that episode. So this is all new people. We haven't really (laughs) discussed. So it will be very interesting. But Maybe if one of us reads something and we also have that episode, maybe we will be on it enough to be like, oh, I have something too from that episode. I'm sorry. Have we ever been organized enough? I don't think so, but we'll do our best. It's okay. It's us. We're here. Yeah, exactly. So if you like. seventh episode. Wow. Wow. And God knows there was plenty to pull from. Just for my one channel. I only did Savannah's Facebook. And now these were public comment responses to the posts of the actual episode. And I didn't need to go any further. I actually went 
from episode 96 all the way back to episode one. And really? yeah, yeah, I did. And, and just started pulling things short or long. There's one that was several screens long. I don't know if we'll get to it today, but yeah, I just started pulling whatever uh, looked cool to me. Well, I think that we <laughs> should get right started. Do you want to rock, paper, scissor for who's first? Yes. Or? Yes. You ready? Okay. Rock, paper, paper. scissor. So uh, I crush you. Yeah. She, she, she got a rock. I had scissors. So yes, she beats me. Okay. So. <laughs> so we are going to, I'm going to start with episode 93. Okay. And that's let your freak flag fly. And just, <laughs> just, I mean, it wasn't so far back, but it was about you placing that beautiful little trans flag by <laughs> some shrubbery. Shrubberies. Right? And yes. yes it, was very, <laughs> it was a very good episode. So this comment was from one of our top listeners, Jessica Alice. Oh, I love her. Yes. And Jessica Alice, we appreciate you for all the support you've shown from the beginning. Yes, absolutely true. So her response to this episode was, even a small step towards something that scares you is bravery. So don't be too hard on yourself. I know it's a piece of cloth with colored stripes, but to some, it represents hope. Unfortunately, to others, it represents a target. I'd be careful about pinning it to your home if it feels unsafe when out. You can always escape to somewhere safe, but if it's your safe place that feels unsafe, then where do you go? I have a big respect for those who are willing to proudly display their flags, and the more people that do it, the safer it will be for others. But... If you are unsure, there could be other ways like asking to put up flags in businesses like Starbucks or public libraries, or maybe running a small advert in your local paper. With a pic of a trans flag and a line, it's okay to be you. It's not on your doorstep and is more likely to be seen by people, although I have no idea what the rules are out where you are. Just my thoughts on it. Great episode, though. Love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. And ironically, today, when I was out and about, I had passed a couple Starbucks on my way to the Starbucks I ended up in. And there was uh, a Starbucks with the full on pride flag uh, uh, dra- draped and hanging uh, downward in one of their windows. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I love seeing it. Um, I love being a part of it uh, in whatever way I can you know, for myself as per that episode. So yeah, I, um, I, I think it's so great to, to see that. Um, and I agree. It's like, you know, don't, don't put yourself in jeopardy, you know, right. uh, just because you feel you're, you're required to do something. Again, it's always uh, for each individual to decide what they should do. And yeah, can you imagine getting like 10 people, 10 of your friends together and shelling out, I don't know, 25 bucks each to do like a full page ad in something, not even just a classified, but just a full page ad. I think that'd be freaking phenomenal. That would be amazing. Yeah. I, I love that response. And I think that it's, it's very much appreciated when people write thoughtful comments in response to our episode. It really gives other people room to figure out how to process their own individual feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. around the episode and give them some options. Yeah. And gives them a platform to stand up for themselves and soapbox even a little, uh, you know, that's just as amazing. So, yeah, I, and we've said it all along, right? We've talked about wanting comments and 
in hearing people's stories because they matter. All that stuff is still true. I love when people step up for a minute and say, yeah, here's my story. This is what I'm doing because it's not just you and me anymore. It's a bigger community of them sharing, fosters, other people sharing. So I love it. And we are a safe space. We are a space that maybe you won't be able to feel safe enough to put a flag in your bushes or in your, (laughs) or in front of your bushes rather. Um, But we are definitely more than paying to put an advertisement. We are a free, inclusive space where people can write however they feel in terms of their pride, in terms of their transness, in terms of their dual gender experience. And we welcome it all. So what, moving on, what is your episode? Hopefully you give me a couple. Because the first couple are are short, but where you started from the end, I started at the beginning. So in episode one, (laughs) our first episode together, we were brand spanking new, didn't know what this whole podcast thing was about. So in episode one is our superhero origin story. And uh, so I said, yeah, let me, let me go back and see what, if, if any comments were generated from that. So from uh, the lovely... Elisa Carpenter just very quickly said, as a trans woman, I can 1000% relate to the voice issue. I almost started crying here at work, listening to the podcast. The whole thing was fantastic. Can't wait for the next episode. And I had forgotten that we talked about how I don't do anything with my voice. I don't modulate it. I don't do a more feminine tenor to it. So when I read this again, it almost made me cry. Because I'm like, oh my God, so, something so personal to me, but like seemingly only about me, just like my own thing, that it, it affected somebody so emotionally. And I just, I was blown away to have you reread that. Yeah. It's amazing to go back in time a little bit because you were not as confident in your voice when you and I started this journey. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just the fact that you have two TEDx. I don't know how to say it. TEDx Talks? Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Hello. There it is. Two TEDx Talks under your belts. You've been on numerous podcasts. You continue to offer a voice and a knowledge base on your experience and how you show up in the world. And it's just been beautiful to watch in terms of your growth and how much how much confidence this podcast has given you in terms of loving your voice, in terms of being the voice for so many individuals that sound just like you. Really. And I'm flashing back now to a part of the episode you speak of where I was saying, don't wish basically that your voice sounded any different. People want to hear people that sound like them to bring confidence and love to their own masculine voice. They want to connect with others. So Mm-hmm. yeah, this is really touching to hear. Yeah. And, and I do remember that line that you said about don't try to be something you're not because people want to hear the truth and authenticity of who you are. If I were to put on airs about my voice and, and what I quote unquote do with my voice would have been a lie, would have been false. So yes. uh, kind of owning that vulnerability was what connected with Miss Carpenter. So can I get another one in uh, before sure. we bring it back to you? This one's a little bit oh, longer. Yes. It's a little bit longer. Um, this one, 
little bit controversial, all mm. y'all. Oh. This is from um, episode five, which is Deuteronomy twenty-two five and other things. Which uh, just to let you know, we changed the name of that title later on for new listeners. It was about debunking Deuteronomy, and I did that because there was some commentary about it. So let me read what a listener named Harold had uh, sent to us where they said, Deuteronomy 22.5, this verse is taken completely out of context. The entire chapter deals with pagan rituals of the day it was written for. First, it was made null and void by our Lord Jesus. Second, the mainstream church has used it in many ways over the centuries to control women in the church by forcing them to wear dresses. Now they use it against transgender folk. Third, it was a pagan ritual that men would dress as women and women as men in battle to worship the pagan gods of the day. That was the sole purpose of the verse. Fourth, the other verses in the chapter are totally ignored and said to not be relevant today. If you want to follow 22.5, then follow the others. God bless. I received a BS degree in divinity after transitioning and did an in-depth study of the Bible to debunk or prove being trans was a sin and against God. Result, debunked. God loves us and Jesus puts no qualifications on his plan other than believing in him with all your heart, body, and soul and to love one another as you would love him and you are saved. The rest will work itself out according to him and in how the Holy Spirit works. Now, this was um, kind of a, a, a midstream one. I did get one that was very much in a different context was like, you're all wrong about everything you're doing. And I'm like, yeah. did you listen wow. to the episode? And I didn't yeah. want to do that because that was even longer. But this was one that was, you know, just kind of going along with what we were trying to say. And hell, if if I can get somebody who is has a Bachelor of Science degree in divinity and have focused their efforts on debunking and proving uh, things that were said in the Bible about the trans community or cross-dressing community. Hey, I'm all for it. So mm-hmm. this was one of the things where somebody took the heart, the episode and really wanted to expand on uh, what we had spoken about. Which we love. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know love. whenever we get someone right, you know, and, and they need to respond. I love how they said debunked. <laughs> right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> So I have episode 81. Oh, shoot. All right. All right. Yes. And that's cross-dressers in full late afternoon bloom. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Talking about later in life cross-dressers. Our response comes from Carly underscore Ann underscore Robertson dot 2021. Just listen to this one. It hits close to home as I am mid 60s and retired. I thank you both for the lovely balance of encouraging those who are coming out late in life with a recognition that not everyone can do that. Julie in particular made it clear that whatever one does is safe, is right. Authenticity is great, but the cost has to be counted. Is coming out selfish or an act of self-love? If it blows up in loved one's lives, can it seed one's own happiness? No answers here, sadly. 
And this is a response that I've gone back to just over the, I'll say years, because it is so much of what our podcast is. And that's questions with more questions, Mm -hmm. you know, never really getting to the answer, but asking more questions. And the interesting thing is for many listeners is we'll ask these questions during the podcast. We'll kind of try to develop an understanding for us or for what the information we're feeling or hearing based on our own experience. And for so many listeners, they get the answers that they've kind of been seeking to the questions that have just been ruminating throughout their minds for so long. So often our podcast can be providing those answers to listeners, but so often the response follows the trajectory of what we're trying to say is that it can involve more questions or maybe there aren't answers and that's okay. And this was a beautiful example of that, which made me think of a, a question that relates to this episode, and that's questioning whether or not it's worth it at this time of our lives. Are the stakes too high? Or is it the perfect time to come out because we have waited so long? Do we become more fearful as we age or less? And that was something that I wrote as notes in response to this in preparation for the episode. And it really had me on a journey of my own thinking about as I've aged, have I become more or less scared? Or maybe it's the exact same amount of fear. It's just moved (laughs) to another area of my life. Right. Yeah, I thought that was a beautiful response. Thank you, Carly Ann. And this was a really special episode for me to think back on. In your life, in my life, we've actually been talking about what was stated in that message, which is self-care versus selfishness. You and I have been bantering about that weird balance of what is selfishness, where it's like, you know, you don't consider anybody else and nobody else comes first. And when do you modify that to put yourself first? And this happens in everyday life for everybody. The husband who goes to work or works three jobs and has no time for himself because he's providing for his family, or a mother who puts their children before themselves in all ways and doesn't have any self-care regimen to keep themselves recharged. And it goes the same way with cross-dressing and with transitioning and with trans folks. When is it okay for me to be me before anybody else? When do I stop telling myself that other people are more important than my own life? Mm Mm-hmm. And again, I don't have the answer. I don't have an answer to the balance. But I do know that if you don't serve yourself at some point, something's going to break. Something's going to give. It's like that old airplane adage, put the oxygen mask on yourself before others, because you can't help others if if you don't have the ability to help yourself first. Right. And I... I'm struggling with that in my own personal life right now, as you know, in terms of caring for myself in terms of adjusting my schedule. But in terms of many of our listeners, our husbands, their fathers, their providers, their people who their sole purpose, quote, quote, when they decided to get married, or when they fell in love, was to provide 100%. And the expectation on the significant other, if it follows this, you know, kind of heteronormative way, is to have the male be the provider, is to have this white horse idea. That's why they start a family. That was what they were programmed from the time they were really little as their purpose. You know, I'd like to say that there's probably a lot more men out there who didn't make that choice versus the amount of women that were told that this not only is your currency, this is your number one purpose is to be a mother. This is the only thing you're good at. 
fine secretary, fine teacher, fine. All that aside, the men that have chosen to keep their cross-dressing a secret or put it on hold or deny their female side of themselves, they went in with a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility. And we as women, as much as we want, I mean, I can't speak for all women, but for me, I want the white horse from my husband. Whenever I he does have things that are just for him, I do suddenly feel like a little like, okay, what does that mean? Like, will you still have time to protect and provide? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I think that when it comes to figuring out your worth as a crossdresser or your worth to acknowledge and fulfill this authentic side of you, it really is a risk. And what, what would it mean? And, and am I in the time of my life that I have a partner that would accept this? Or what's the point? Because I already know how she would feel. Yeah. I know but, what that feels like. Yeah. And we don't know. And fine, I, I get it. We don't know. People surprise us, this and that. But the spouse that is inside of us, that based on conversations, that based on little examples or little moments where we tried to come out and then backpedaled we feel within our fear, fear space that we know exactly how they are going to respond and it's not going to be good. And our world will blow up so that they will mm -hmm. continue to keep this, you know, later in life bloom continuing to be this bud that continues to close up just a little bit more. It's a heartbreaking reality for many people. Yeah. Agreed. Now I said, I don't have the answers. I'm not here to say that we all should come out to our spouses, partners, families, coworkers, friends, circle of supporters. I'm not saying that because I know, like you said, it is a heartbreaking reality to make that decision and the consequences of that decision when you finally choose yourself first. Mm -hmm. And it's tough. And that's, I'm in a special case because since my mid twenties, I made sure that every partner knew Savannah from the onset to whatever degree I understood myself, they knew that going in, mm -hmm. didn't make it better or worse. You know, it didn't all of a sudden make every relationship amazing. Some were supportive, but the relationship was short lived. Some were 15 year relationships and it started off good. It ended up bad. There's no guarantees in life. And it is everybody's individual journey for what they need. I just caution to not do harm to yourself by denial. That's yeah. that's really the only thing I want to say is to make sure that we we know that we support everybody in their journey and their decisions, but just don't get to a point in your own life where you're existing and not living. Sure. You know, I want people to thrive. If you're just becoming more and more unhappy and more and more beaten down by life and expectation, something may have to give because I don't want people to walk around unhappy and unfulfilled. It's just a matter of like, what are you going to do in your specific instance to make that better? Right. That was a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> so um, I'm also going to continue to go bottom to top oldest to newest. So we have a lovely constant listener and I had to cherry pick the things uh, from this listener specifically, but in episode 14, say my name, say my name. Um, this person, Delora, we are very familiar and love Delora. Yeah. She says another great podcast. My name was something that popped into my head last year around the time I decided to accept my CD and explore my gender identity rather than living in shame. I actually like my male name, 
So didn't really want to go with anything different, but when interacting with others in my femme persona, a femme sounding name is a bit easier and more acceptable. Delora is simply an anagram of my surname and Furtz Hill is a place where I grew up and where the old family home is. Since my family and our ancestral home are both important to me, Delora Fursill works. I am considering changing my first name at some point, maybe after I come out to my parents and talk to my mother about what I would have been called if I was a girl at birth. Mm, so just, I I, I, yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. I love her too. And love the fact that this episode itself was specific to something that probably 95% of all dual gender or gender fluid people go through. I mean, the majority of us, I would assume, have a feminine identity name versus just like, hey, my name's Dan. Oh, well, you're in a dress. Hey, my name's still Dan. I'm pretty sure that most of us who have a at least a public-facing persona or, or kind of like on the road to that have either created a name for ourselves or are mulling it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a perfect way to say it. Once it becomes more than just a kink, once it becomes something that is a part of the marrow of your being, a name is really important when it comes to identifying that part of yourself that right. is not wrong or bad or closeted, but this is an actual person. You are an actual person. And I really do. What What was that episode? What number? Oh, that was 14. I love that episode. It, yeah. I recommend anyone who's listening now and is kind of is newer to us, right? Mm-hmm. And has only mm-hmm. been listening to the most recent episodes that you really go back in time because we have from the beginning, from the very first episode, we really have some amazing and beautiful content. And this episode is an example of an episode that I very much remember fondly. Yeah. We talked about a yeah. lot of great things in terms of names and how people come up with their names. So it warms my heart hearing these episodes and the numbers because it's so sentimental. It's such an attachment to them. I'm going to put a challenge out to you, my what lovely you Julie. Yes, to you. Yes. Which is, you know, I know you love dry culture and I know that you want to be a drag queen. <laughs> like literally. And I, I would, what you're going to say. I want to, well, two things. I think I've already challenged you off air on one thing, but I would love yeah. to know what your drag name would be. And then I want to see what your drag look would be. Yeah, that would be, I would love to see both of those things materialize at some point. All right. (laughs) I will, I will make some notes, maybe create a Pinterest board and go back to you. Yeah, because you know what? I'm going to come see you on your home turf one day. And I want to make sure that you and me, when we go out, that you're in full drag plumage. Just give me like, just just give me seven months to prepare. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm one of those people that before they come to my house, I'm like, yeah, we're dropping by. I'm like, yeah, that won't work. You need to give me at least like five hours. <laughs> yes. Well, for okay. me, a bear, okay. So for me, I have to get seven months. Okay. But I'm asking a lot from you. So I understand. <laughs> oh, I love you. Anytime, anytime. Oh, cool, cool. Um, okay. So the next episode that I would like to share my response from episode 40, breaking open the closet door, dot, 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 again. And this is from a listener we have come to know dearly, finding underscore worth. Great episode. I'll say I can definitely relate to the feeling of taking a step back into the closet after coming out. 
you end up laying your soul out there and feel very vulnerable. And it is so easy to immediately desire to recoil back into the known safety of the closet. Throw in factors like an underwhelming, confused, or outwardly hostile reception from whoever you reveal yourself to, and the feelings are tenfold. I would definitely say I retreat back a step or two for the first week or two after it was a timid crawl back out. But now I feel I am very much in full stride, letting my colors fly a little brighter every day. Oh, first of all, love Amelia. Yes. Yeah, I was just going to say very poetic as well. And her writing had a melodic tone to it. So I was kind of like lost in the words. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love her. Follow her on Instagram. Follow her journey as well. You know, just, mm-hmm. just because. Yeah, I love it. We've talked about this before as well, where coming out is not a one-time deal. Right. You know, it's not like it's not like your sweet 16 where you do it, it happened, you move on. Coming out is multi-layered, uh, depending on how many people you do it for and how privately or publicly you do it, uh, whether it's family first or wife first or work first or combinations of some or none or all, you know, is coming out is is such a big deal. And it may not get any easier. You know, sometimes the stakes get higher with the more people you tell. Like me telling Judy at the onset was uber, uber important and scary. Don't get me wrong, because you could have broken the relationship and been like, okay, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. But like telling family or friends or some coworkers became a want, came easy, became easy. But then the idea of like telling my boss, somebody who holds my job in their hand, felt more risky. That fear was right back to DEFCON 5 <laughs> so or 1 or whatever the worst is. It just got like right. scary, scary, scary. It does get easier somewhat the more you do it and the more, more confidence you have in yourself. But yeah, I will never say it's easy. Right. It's never easy. And it's very interesting because I've, <laughs> I've heard from many clients over the years and listeners coming out is a really interesting thing because sometimes you get so wrapped up in a coming out story that went well, that you're so euphoric and you just want to do this like coming out tour and you just want to come out to everyone literally everyone. It's like this vibration you don't want to end because then maybe you feel like you'll end or you'll go back in the closet or whatever it is. I just hope that people can, between each coming out, just kind of get grounded and really savor a positive experience or Mm -hmm. hold yourself in a really loving light if it wasn't so positive. Right. And really be careful and consider safety and all of this, because people have to earn the right to hear your story. They really do. They do. So if you approach coming out with kind of a, the quickest sentence that came to my mind is a fool's mentality where you're not really thinking about consequence. You're just kind of out. So you just want to be out to people and to everyone. So you told your, for example, your brother and it went really, really well. So now you're hitting the parents. Now you're hitting the you're hitting the the phone chain or the email chain. You're just going off, <laughs> and I just you are more important than that. You are precious, and your story is precious, and it deserves the tender and care. It is it's a tender and caring process, and as I said, people have to earn the right to hear your story. So yeah, I can be very vulnerable as well as a euphoric gust, you know. 
Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say whoops. And the reason why I'm saying whoops is because I just got, I went to my waxing appointment mm. yesterday at 8 a.m. Don't know why I decided 8 a.m. was a perfect time for a waxing appointment because I was barely awake for it. But, but, but hello, but, hello. but as I'm yeah. waiting, I've had two technicians, one left. And I told her as soon as I'm laying on the table, because I wanted her to understand why I needed my eyebrows the way I needed them. And she would mm-hmm. be able to help me get it into a shape that would be more feminine. Right. So when she left, I think I saw her twice and she left for another, another gig. And so my next tech, I did the same thing. But as I was sitting there yesterday, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to this woman named Pam and she has kind of that, she's got that Southern vibe. She's got that short spiky hair that frames around the face and lovely woman. And I said, oh, did you get your hair cut? Because last time I saw her, it was a little more poofy. So I go, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I try to do it longer. And she's giving me the whole why she wanted to get it cut this way, because this is what works best for her. So then somehow we got into the topic of her mother going through chemo. And so I was like, oh, well, I know a place in Greenville that is great for people going through chemo. They have beautiful hair. They'll fit you, style you. They'll cut the hair, a full service wig shop. And so I found the name online. So I said, oh, it's La Parisian. I said, I have them do my wigs. Now, she didn't necessarily know anything about Savannah, but I said, see what I did here? And I showed her a picture of me after I had curled it at the ends a little bit. And I still don't know if she knew it was me, (laughs) but I was, I was very much at ease with talking to her about it. Right. Yeah. Without it being like a reveal, it just became part of normal conversation. So sometimes when somebody is not as critical to your well-being, like sometimes I find those disclosures even easier because it's like, well, you don't know these people. You're not going to become great friends and they're not going to out you to everybody. <laughs> you know, they're professionals. They they have a service. So right. And you had a great bond with the last person mm-hmm. that did your eye waxing. Yes. You told yes. her everything. You became best friends. We were besties from like moment one. Right. And every time I go to a waxing appointment, I'm like, oh, I gotta reach out to her again. So like we're gonna be making plans to see each other at some point soon. Just like those things. I tend to <laughs> make fast friends quickly. And yes, some, sometimes they peter out. Sometimes, yeah, the person doesn't hold up their end of the friendship as readily as I do. But yeah, I try to reach out and stay in touch. Sweet. So well, I guess it's my, is it my turn? I think it is. I okay. forget. We okay. got lost in the coming out situation. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. <laughs> well, I get them. Nice. I'm still going uh, front to back. So in episode 16 which is Where Can I Go, is the title of that episode. And the lovely Catherine Lynn said, Hi, Savannah. Listen to the podcast this morning. Excellent advice. I really like the idea of a listing of all LGBTQ plus friendly places in a particular locale. I am fortunate to live not far from Orlando, Florida, where we are welcomed pretty much anywhere we go. As a relative newbie in being out and about, I've been lucky that the places my wife and I have gone and in quotes, restaurants, shopping malls in the town of Mount Dora have felt comfortable to me being me. I think a piece of advice would be just to be confident in who you are and don't focus on others' reactions to you. It worked well for me. Keep up the wonderful work. Nice. Yeah. It's such an honor to talk about something people have had success with. 
that like, when we raise the question of where do I go? Where can I feel safe? To see practically that somebody is succeeding in that way. You know, that they can share their story. When I'm in femme, me and my wife go out to all these places and we never have a concern for our safety, that we're welcomed, you know, for who we are, whether they realize I'm a man or not, that we can just go out and enjoy being part of life without it being a chore, without it being a risk. Yeah. What episode was that? What number? Episode 16. Nice. (laughs) All right. So my next episode is episode 85. Don't take that tone with me. That was the title. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought maybe you were upset that I was singing to you melodically. (laughs) This is an episode where the two of us dig into the second Living with Cross-Dressing book. And we go over a list that are stereotypically and socially accepted terms we assign men and women, hard versus soft, nurturing versus protective, dominant versus submissive, and how you present yourself to the world is not just confined to the visual medium. The comment was from Marie underscore Delamonte. I wish IG had a three times Grinch heart breaks the frame emoji for this episode. I've had countless conversations with friends, allies, and more than a few newbies about everything you guys discuss on here. So many. Speaking as a trans lady, there is so, so much more to connecting with your feminine heart than clothes and hair and makeup. Honestly, that's the easy part. We all need serious deprogramming. And when it comes to society's gender norms, thank you so much for this conversation. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So this was a much needed episode that creates some important content to what the hell is going on in terms of gender stereotypes instead yeah. of in terms of how presenting men who are more sensitive and soft are treated versus, you know, how women who are much stronger are treated and breaking down the kind of terms in your book of the stereotypical gives adjectives having to do with each gender. And yeah, it was a really special episode. Yeah. But it is amazing that even in the 21st century, we still cling as a society that a man must embody these things and a woman must embody these things. We've come such a long way where a one income family where the wife stayed at home in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. and even into the 70s to all of a sudden the necessity of a two income house where you have more latchkey kids and Mom's working, but yet, but yet she's still required or expected to make dinner and keep the house up, even with all the work she's doing, like physically as a job. So it's that whole maternal thing versus the fraternal thing. You need to be nurturing because you're a woman. These are your kids, but yet somehow it's always like, quote unquote, your kids. It's like, dude, you're, you help create these children. <laughs> it's like, where are you at? Or the opposite effect is like, why you're a male nurse? He, 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 he. It's like right. all these expectations that we're still somehow clinging to them amazes right. me. It's true. And it's so ingrained in how we were brought up in the expectations we have. And I think in 2022, there is a demand for throwing these gender expectations and norms kind of on their axis and just saying, F it. You know what I mean? Like you can be more than one thing. Gender has nothing to do with what, let's say, what occupation you have or, or what feelings you are 
allowed to express. And as much as I want to say that I'm really hopeful for the future and love the direction where this world is going at this moment after Mm. the overturn in the Supreme Court, I can't really say that with confidence without being extremely triggered. But I do want to say all of the gender diverse individuals and all of the this next generation that is coming up, I really do have just a tremendous amount of hope that we kind of examine all these stereotypes and we throw them out and we choose a different way to be. Yeah, we choose to be human beings. The expectations. Yeah, Yeah, to just be human beings without any, oh, you're a this, so you have to go here. You're you have to feel this. You have to do this. And I really I struggle with it in my own role as a mother, as a wife. And I do try to strike a balance because I have this very angry fight the man, fight the system scrappy way of being (laughs) that has caused my mind, body and spirit tremendous agitation. So yeah, this was another great episode. And well, I'm just going to tell you one thing. I'm going to continue to ball my eyes out when I watch things on TV, regardless of what people tell me. Um, Yeah. For instance, yes, as we should, for instance, speaking of how we expect or how uh, we expect others to be, I'll give you a little nerdy, a nerd alert, nerd alert, just let you know. Nerd alert, nerd alert. Okay. As you know, (laughs) as you know, I watch Critical Role on YouTube, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's on Twitch. It ends up on YouTube. You watch it. You can listen to it on your podcast in your car, but you watch these people over a two-year period, do a campaign, start to finish with these characters and all their adventures. Yes. Super, super nerdy, but I love it. So (laughs) shout out to Critical Role. Now, that being said, there was a four-part miniseries they did for some of these voice actors. And it was by episode four, which was the end, and you knew it was all going to go badly in the story arc. I was hitching. I was in hot tears. And this is like at midnight. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, and it's make-believe. But even the people on the screen were so affected, men and women, who were doing the voices of these characters were listening to the narrative and being overwhelmed with emotion. And so I was so much in the pocket of it, I had to show Judy. So the next day I'm like, all right, let's just watch the last 15 minutes so you can see what I'm talking about because I kept talking about it. So I want to give her context. Mm -hmm. And while she didn't ball her eyes out like I did, I think she got an appreciation of like, wow, look at that guy. Everybody's like pulling tissues out of the box and dabbing their, their under their eyes because everybody was so emotional. And I respond to that. And I'm so open to responding to that. It's all good. Well, that's it. And I told you, I want to see you like ugly cry or cry. Do you really want to see me blubbering that? I, mean. I do. <laughs> My dad would always cry in movies, like at the okay. end, different parts. Okay. But I, I want to know. I want to know what that. Well, the next time. I want to know. Yeah. I. You know, then we'll just have to set up like the Green Mile or a movie that I know I cry every time I see it. Uh, We definitely can set it up where you could just stare at me for the last 20 minutes and watch just tears rolling down my face. (laughs) See, that's see, I would need more men to cry. I didn't see it enough. Um, You're not really a full, full male. So, well, still, but still, and I believe what you just said is very powerful in that. I think it would have been nice for men and women 
to see more men show more emotion, not crying necessarily, but just to be more vulnerable and open, I think would have made generationally a big difference in how we see each other. So we have, I mean, wow, these listeners are just amazing. And we still haven't even scratched the surface in terms of what we found in terms of little treasures Mm -hmm. um, of different episodes and responses. So I think, (laughs) please tell me if you agree that we should like end this episode and then create a whole nother episode. Well, yeah, I, I, I do agree. I mean, I don't know how far into this we are because you and I kind of lose track of time when we're right. podcasting together. Um, and then, and then finally I'll look up and be like, Oh my God, like two hours have passed by. Right. Uh, and how much of this is going on air or not. Um, yeah, I have a bunch more and I think you said you had a few more as well. So I definitely um, want to be mindful to everybody listening that uh, we don't make this a five hour love fest <laughs> for, yeah. for our listeners. And, and I will tell you, I only looked at one of my social medias to get the comments I got. I did not look in Instagram. I did not look at my personal contact information through living with cross-dressing. I have so many more I could even mine for this, but for here, I'll be, um, I think we have so many and I just, I just want to be known to our lovely listeners that we appreciate you and we love every word you sent to us. And like I said, we will mine it for possible future episodes. Because again, we know what we know, but sometimes we don't know what you know. And if we can bring that to the surface for somebody else who can recognize it for themselves, all the better. Right. I can confidently say I never know what you what you listeners know. So anything is like, so appreciated. So yeah. Hey, so before we go, did you have a, a testimonial to share? I do. I All do right. have a testimonial to share. Nice. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Dear Savannah and Julie, and in brackets, she wrote stars of the, the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. Stop it, you. That's stars. Us. <laughs> <laughs> Another hit the nail on the head podcast. Listen for me. So many things that were been there, done that moment. This was the third one in two days. I don't even know where to start or what to say. After my battle with cancer, the good, the bad, the ugly moments I've had with CDing, been outed by my ex, purging and being upfront from day one with my supportive wife of 10 plus years together. I also suffer from anxiety and depression. I think this podcast has come to me at the right place, right time. Listening to you talk about things I can relate to and I've done calms me in a way I can't explain. I'm not even sure what else to say, but thank you. No. Oh. Oh. I mean, oh, man. I know. Uh, it, it is Terry, and I've, I've heard mm-hmm. that on a couple other occasions, uh, just people resonating. But to like have somebody listen to back-to-back episodes and, and feel like we're grounding them like mm-hmm. to their heart and to their, their physicality and space, like over just like, Oh my God, here's another one. You're talking about me. Here's another one. You're talking about me. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We through the podcast can let other people know that they're not alone, that their mm-hmm. experience is not something deep and dark and unique to them, that there's so many other people either fighting the same fight, having the same successes, 
going through the same experiences, that's, that's like a, a joy to me to be able to hear somebody come back and say, yeah, you're talking to me. It really is. And it's interesting because social media kind of shows us that we are not alone, right? Or like all these memes about anxiety or depression. Okay. We know we're not alone. We know we're not special. We know that there are other people that are also going through anxiety or depression or whatever mental illness we share with them. And I think that it's what's really interesting is we always feel so alone. We know mm-hmm. that it exists among yeah. other people. We are not special, but when we're in it with our own pain, it is all ours. It is mm. lonely and it is tragic. And I think that when it comes to something like cross-dressing, where it is such an in-the-closet kind of relationship that you have with yourself that is built on so much shame, so many layers through the ancestry of shame around what we were doing is wrong. Whether we have a significant other that loves and supports our cross-dressing, there is still this internal battle that what we are doing is not right, just based on not just our existence, but our parents' existence and their parents' existence. And it runs through on a generational level. So I think that it is just so magical when you are able to connect with something like a podcast or a book where you're able to, in that moment of aloneness, not feel so alone because it feels like someone is talking to you. It feels like someone is talking to your story and they get it in a way that you haven't even been able to express because you don't necessarily know what it is you're feeling. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know where you're going to go with it, what you're going to do with it. And that's so what makes this podcast such an important part of my life is we are not trying to tell you what you need to do with it. We are simply saying, this is us trying to understand you. This is us shining light on something that may seem familiar so that you may not feel so abnormal, so that there's something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. And you are a beautiful human being having a beautiful human experience. And I really hope that every week that you're able to connect with us or every night or multiple times a day, that you are able to feel lifted and like your best self because you know not only are you heard and seen and felt, but you are able to honor that way in which you exist in a really wholehearted manner that allows you to love yourself that much more than before you press play. So it is an honor for both of us to facilitate these discussions and to really speak to that part of yourself that needs nurturing love and light and validation, constant validation. And we love you so much. Here, here. You said it all. Ah, you said it all. And that listener also said it all. And and again, that's why we're here. You know, we we did this for each other as a a way to raise, I don't know, awareness in some way, but I don't think we knew the impact we would have. Mm-mm. So I am definitely honored to be a voice box uh, in which I can 
share with you part of who I am and let you know that you're just as much a part of it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> On that note, <laughs> we love you dearly and tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode. And in the meantime, we are there for you anytime. We have so many episodes, so many ways to find us and to experience this journey with you. So bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor. Copyright 2022. Yes, nailed it. If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends, tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening, give it a five-star rating, or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.